0: Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. When we understand the text. This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible study in the Word of Christ, that men and women of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Tell your friends about our ministry at www.utt.com. Here's your teacher, Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 23. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in his age, let him become a fool that he may become wise." For the wisdom of this world is folly with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Let's come back to that paragraph where Paul is talking about building upon a foundation of Christ with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Each one's work, Paul says, will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. I mentioned here this work of building is being done by another person. This is not necessarily, at least in the context that Paul is presenting here, we're not talking about the work that you do in your life and whether or not that work that you have done in Christ is going to endure into eternal reward or will transform into eternal reward that you will receive on that day when you hear from your Savior, well done, good and faithful servant. As we read in Romans 5, verse 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul is saying here in this paragraph in 1 Corinthians 3, he's saying you're justified by faith. So each one who believes in Christ is a Christian, even going back to the start of the chapter where he was rebuking them for being infants, being immature, being of the flesh. He still acknowledges, still gives them this hope and encouragement that they are in Christ Jesus, though there are some fleshly human things that need to be worked out in this particular group uh, in this in this church. It's not that they are uh, outside of Christ. Christ is with them. Christ is among them. He is their foundation to build upon that foundation requires the word of God, requires the teaching from the scriptures, that which flows from the gospel of Jesus Christ and accords with godliness or leads, produces, uh, leads to or produces godliness. What's happened in the church in Corinth, though, is that they're behaving in a fleshly way. They are causing divisions among each other by some clinging to Apollos and some clinging to Cephas. And some clinging to Paul and then there are others that say, well, I follow Christ, but they're taking his name in vain just to try to trump the other guy, not because they're actually giving the correct answer. So because they're behaving in a human way and these factions have developed among them, the building has kind of ceased. This process of being built up into Christ Jesus is not making any progress because they're fighting and quarreling among one another. And, of course, there are some other fleshly sins in this church that need to be taken care of. There are some that are teaching in such a way that are not even producing anything that will last. They're building with wood, hay, and straw. What needs to be the building materials that the Corinthians value are those things that endure into eternal life. Gold, silver, precious stones that become an eternal reward that we may offer to Christ on that day. Each one's work will become manifest for the day we'll disclose it. And again, that work is being done by the teachers who are building upon this foundation. And not just the teachers, but each person in the church even contributes to the building of the church. Paul is going to talk about that more when we get to chapters 12 to 14. So where uh, where he talks about spiritual gifts there, he says that each one's gift must be used for the benefit of building up the church. It's for the benefit of the whole church. So your spiritual gift is not for your benefit. It's for the benefit of the church. So you have teachers who are providing sound doctrine to this body that they may be built up with good, long-lasting materials, gold, silver, precious stones. And there is a spiritual gifting that is given to each member that they may build each other up. For, as I've heard Tim Challey say, sanctification is a community project. We are doing this together, being sanctified unto the Lord. Each one's work will become manifest. Each teacher who has contributed to this work In the church to these members as they're being grown up in faith, the day will disclose it. The day of Christ will show being revealed by fire what sort of work each one has done. Consider these words in Zechariah 13. I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. It says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, this is something prophetic concerning Christ, for it goes on to say, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds shall be cut off and perish, and one-third shall be left alive. This is in reference to a remnant. And I will put this third into the fire and refine them, as one refines silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God or Yahweh is my God. So there's kind of a picture from the Old Testament about being tested by fire as we're talking about Testing by fire, being revealed by fire. We're not talking about a literal fire. Like in order to enter into the kingdom of God, first we've got to go through fire. That's what the Catholics teach, that there's a purgatory between this life and the eternal life that is to come, that there is a a, a purification by fire that takes place and kind of this holding place and the whole uh, concept of indulgences, the teaching of indulgences which doesn't just go back to Luther's day. It's still common in the Catholic church today. This whole thing about indulgences is being able to knock off thousands of years off of your purgatory sentence. Yeah. So you're on earth. You're alive on earth for like 80 years, give or take God willing. (laughs) And then you're in purgatory for hundreds, if not thousands of years, which the Catholics teach is like a purification that happens so that you may be holy when you enter into the presence of God. They will use passages like this in First Corinthians three to justify that teaching. That's not what this is about. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about a purgatory that we're all standing in being purified by fire before we can enter into the presence of God. We read in Hebrews that God is a consuming fire. And so the fire that we're reading about here, we're reading about a spiritual fire and we're not talking about purgatory or some sort of purifying uh, a place or a place of purification that we have to go through to burn off all the sins that we did when we were in this life here. We're not even talking about sin. We're talking about building materials that last. And there are those things that we can use to build ourselves up, but don't have any eternal significance to them. The passage that I read to you yesterday from 1 Timothy, where Paul told Timothy that bodily training is of some value, but godliness is of value in every way. Consider also what Paul said to the Colossians. In Colossians 2 8, he said, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy. An empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So what is it that we must be building upon that will last? That's Christ. Consider a little bit later on in the chapter, Colossians chapter 2, verse 18. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. The statement that Paul says here, let no one disqualify you. That's, That's what you get when you listen to false teachers you listen to false teachers and you follow their false teaching, then you are disqualified and you do not have this wonderful structure that's been built on a foundation of Christ with things that endure treasures that will last into eternity that we have to offer God in worship when we are with him in his presence forever. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives when tested by fire, he will receive a reward, not just the person who, Uh, who's being tested by fire, but even the person who taught, who offered building materials that last, the teacher who gave these wonderful treasures from God's word that might be used to build up this structure, when that work has been tested by fire, whatever is built on the foundation uh, survives, he will receive a reward, not just the person who's being tested by fire, but the person who taught that person that they may receive these materials to be built up into a house unto the Lord. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So again, we're still talking about here a justification by faith, but that our works are being tested in the end because we all will stand at the judgment seat of God. God's judgment doesn't just fall on unbelievers; it's for believers as well. But what will be the result of that judgment? Will we have eternal treasure that we might enjoy and offer unto God in glory? Consider again Revelation twenty verse twelve. I read this on Monday, but I'm com- I'm coming back to it again. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So the works that we do are going to demonstrate the doctrine that we followed. What was the doctrine that we learned that built us up into a spiritual house unto the Lord. Was it the good doctrine of Jesus Christ and that which flows from the gospel? Or was it superficial things? Was it worldly and fleshly things that didn't really help to build this building much at all? It just contributed wood, hay and stubble, which was all burned up when the fire, the purifying fire came upon that person in judgment. You know, there are a lot of teachers out there who are not necessarily heretics, I think too quickly, we're ready to write them off as heretics. There's a couple of times I've criticized teachers a couple of times. Couple is two. There's many times (laughs) I've criticized teachers and people received my criticism as saying that that person was a heretic. That wasn't what I was saying at all. Unless I called them a heretic, I wasn't saying that that person was a heretic. But scripture says 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, test everything. And so there are some teachers out there. They may not be heretics, but their teaching is not good. It is not going to build you up into that spiritual house unto the Lord with precious stones and gold and silver, that which will lead to godliness and an eternal reward that you will have in heaven with your heavenly father. So when a person is teaching in such a way, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to say it's false, have nothing to do with it. It's irreverent and silly, which is exactly what Paul warns Timothy about. In first Timothy, not all of the teachers that Paul warned Timothy about were heretics. Some of them were and others just had no business teaching because what they were teaching did not flow from the gospel of Jesus Christ. So just because I criticize a teacher doesn't mean that I'm calling them a heretic. We also need to be careful that we're not writing off teachers as heretics who are not explicitly stating something that is contrary to the saving power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If what they're teaching is leading somebody into heresy, well then yeah, sure, what they're doing is is definitely heretical, and you can call that teacher a heretic. But just because uh, just because their teaching isn't great, just because their teaching is not John MacArthur <laughs> or R.C. Sproul or Vody Bauckham or Steve Lawson or Alistair Begg or grab any of those other great teachers I enjoy listening to on a regular basis, because I know what they're giving me are those precious metals and stones that uh, that will endure the fire, will endure the testing and leads me to growing in godliness that I may pattern myself after Jesus Christ, my savior. So uh, anyway, what was I saying? So so there are great teachers out there. Listen to those teachers. And just because somebody doesn't sound like those teachers does not mean that what they're teaching is heretical. Uh, You have a responsibility to submit to your elders at your church. Sure, your pastor and your elders are not these big guys, these big names that we watch on YouTube screens. Those guys are not your pastor. I'm not your pastor. You know, you'll hear that liner that Becky does every once in a while at the conclusion of a broadcast where she will say, thank you for listening, but we're not your church. You need to go to church, and you need to grow with like-minded believers, and you need to sit under the teaching authority and shepherding of those elders that are over your church because they are the overseers of your souls. Their desire is to train you and discipline you and prepare you to stand before God on that day of judgment. Hey, I love that you listen to this program, but unless you attend my church, I'm not your pastor, and you're not part of my flock. I don't know you. We don't interact with one another, even if you've sent an email in and I've either responded to it or or answered it on the Friday broadcast. uh, That does not mean that I'm your pastor. I still don't know you and you still don't know me. You need to be attending church that you may have mature men of God that are overseeing the shepherding of your soul, people that you can pattern yourself after that you may imitate their faith. As is instructed us to do so first Thessalonians chapter five Hebrews chapter 13 verses seven and 17 to imitate the faith of those who taught you these words this doctrine that we have so we all need that don't be disappointed that your pastor is not John MacArthur I've I've met plenty of people who would prefer their pastor prefer their local pastor and their small local church over any of these faces and these names that you see on YouTube. I just mentioned them because I listen to them quite a bit. I also listen to my own pastor, Tom Buck. Listen to him every sermon he preaches. I never miss one. Even when he's on the road and he's d- doing a sermon somewhere else, I still listen to what he's preaching no matter where he happens to be uh where he happens to be speaking. I love being able to serve in a fellowship of other pastors that we may build each other up. And then I get the pleasure of submitting to eldership as well. That's just as much upon an elder to do as it is for Uh, for you to do so i'll listen to these guys on youtube and i'm just kind of giving those names out there as examples and names that you recognize but your favorite pastor should be your own pastor and even if there are things about your pastor that you don't like well you can help sanctify him and encourage him in the teaching that he is committed to out of the word of god for the benefit of the people of god as paul goes on to say here verses 16 and 17 and this is where we'll end this week Tomorrow we come back to our Proverbs study on Thursday, but in verses 16 and 17 here, Paul says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Now, as I said on, I think it was Monday, that has a, uh, the context of that, of Paul saying that is, is regarding the whole church. It's not individual. Certainly can be applied individual, but the context is regarding the whole church. Now, he gets to individual temples of the Holy Spirit when we get to chapter six. That's a different context. So right now he's saying it's the whole church, and then he's going to zero in on specific things and say to each individual person, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That you have been given by God. So honor God in your body. I think there's even a corporate application of that as well. But here we're talking about corporate. We're talking about the church body that you the church are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you. God's spirit dwells in each and every individual believer in Jesus Christ. But God's spirit also dwells in his church where the people of God are gathered together to worship him. The spirit dwells with them there as well. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. I remember a few years ago, Francis Chan teaching on this particular passage, and he was saying this is why you should not criticize guys like Bill Johnson, the pastor of Bethel Church, and uh, Mike Bickle, who's the pastor of the International House of Prayer, because when you criticize those pastors you're destroying God's temple and God will destroy him. I if I had the chance to talk with Francis Chan, I would have re, I would have responded to him this way. I would have said, "No, it's those men who are heretics." Bill Johnson, here here I'm using the word heretic, okay? Bill Johnson, the pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California, and Mike Bickle of the International House of Prayer in Kansas City who claimed that he had a personal audience with Jesus Christ himself twice. And so whatever Mike Bickle says, therefore comes from God. These two men are false teachers. They are heretics who are leading people astray and you should have nothing to do with them. They are tearing down the temple of God, not the person who criticizes those men. If you criticize somebody as being a heretic who is truly preaching the gospel, they're preaching the true gospel, but you call that person a heretic, well, then you are tearing down God's temple. Then you, would, you should <laughs> repent and fear God. For as Paul says here, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. And you, Paul addressing the church, you are that temple. So let us cherish and love the word of God for the people of God that we may build each other up into God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for what we have read and I pray that it convicts our hearts, that it stirs in us a love for our church, that we may build one another up in love, in honor and glory to Christ, our King, who gave himself for us as a sacrifice who rose again from the dead, so that all who believe in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Thank you for your goodness and grace to us daily, and may we show that to one another daily. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to When We Understand the Text with Pastor Gabe Hughes. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Gabe will be going through a New Testament study. Then on Thursday, we look at an Old Testament book. On Friday, we take questions from the listeners and viewers. Tomorrow, we'll pick up on an Old Testament study when we understand the text.